Welcome to the Thursday, September 10th edition, kickoff Thursday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am your host for today, Kevin Cole, and I am joined by a newish member of the, the PFF team here, betting expert Lee Sharp. So, Lee, I got to ask you right off the bat, if your last name is Sharp, with an E, mind you, um, do you really have a choice as far as a hobby is concerned other than, other than professional betting? I think it's required. In in the blood, literally, perhaps. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure there there may be some other names out there. You know, uh, get, are the actual last names? I don't know. You know, we we, we yeah. don't know. We don't know what people. We we don't know how how people's lineage is concerned. But we know we have Lee here, and he's been helping us out. He's writing up his picks for us this year. He is also going to be a part of this podcast. He's going to be a big part of what we're doing on the betting front. And as far as other things that we're offering on the site, I just want to highlight before we even start. I want to highlight we have a ton of different betting tools at PFF. We have NFL and NCAA Green Line. We have a new player props tool that we're going to talk about, especially in reference to this first game here, this Kansas City Texans matchup. Uh, power rankings, player projections for fantasy, which which go into it. So all this stuff comes together. And you can get now a 30% discount on that with a kickoff 30 promo code. That's kickoff 30 promo code for a 30% discount. So now we got the business stuff out of the way, Lee. I have to ask you, did you think we were going to get here? Did you think we were going to get to kickoff Thursday? You know, I, I, I wasn't sure. COVID was obviously a big a big uh, issue, and it was like, hey, can you know, can they get through this? Are they really going to go ahead? But, you know, it looks like the, the players have so far kept the, the numbers down in terms of uh, COVID contacts, and, and, and uh, we're here. Football is, is tomorrow or t- t- today at the time that you're listening to this, so it's pretty awesome. It is. It is awesome. And the only thing that makes football a little bit more awesome is we have to see, you know, can we can we get a little action going uh, for this Thursday? So this has probably been talked about ad nauseum coming into the season. I know that you've done some podcasting with George and Eric on the forecast here, but let's dig right into this Texans Chiefs matchup here. Is there anything that stood out to you when you're looking at it, whether it's a side, whether it's a total, uh, what's been happening in the market on this game? I'm going to treat you like the expert here, and I'm just going to be the interviewer as far as what your opinion is on what's going on in the game. Fair enough. Um, the, uh, this line opened at around ten and a half uh, or ten, depending on what book you got, and it's kind of basically moved down to nine. There's still some nine and a halfs out there I've seen, but yeah, I I think that the Houston side is probably the better side if you're going to take a side. The the Texans, um, the playoff game that the Texans and Chiefs did uh, last year was a, a ten point line as well, and you know I the teams fundamentally are mostly the same obviously deandre hopkins is the one that everybody will point to is the big difference but the you know the i think that that is so sort of blown out of of proportion because of how bad in terms of value that trade was that you know it's if anything it's causing people to overestimate the sort of on-field impact that the trade will have now you mentioned that it's moving towards the texans some so some of that fade is starting to to peel off of it. I, I'm looking right here. It looks like the market, uh, the Texans are about plus three fifty according to what I'm looking at. Green line here. Um, you know we have that being a bit tighter. We have that win probability being a bit bit higher for the Texans. So that looks like the one play that we have here. Would you do you have any opinion on you know looking at the money line versus versus looking at the spread on this game? 
Um, yeah, it, it kind of, I think, depends on, on you know, what, where your sort of probability curve is that you land on it. I, I think you could go either way. I think that, you know, now that it's down to nine, I'm probably be more inclined to bet the money line because you're uh, south of the key number 10, which, you know, it's like a half key number relative to, say, three or seven. But, um, you know, that's that's usually how I kind of make uh, money line versus spread decisions uh, if, if, you know, it's pretty close is, okay, what, what is the spread going to get me on the side of the key number that I want or is it going to push me to the unfavorable side since right now it's on the unfavorable side I lean a little bit more towards uh, taking the money line that makes sense and then you know with the total here is 54 and a half points that's a pretty big number but I think there's going to be a consideration on you know there are theories out there I've seen this theory about this season potentially being similar to the 2011 lockout season and the theory there is that defenses are going to be behind offenses coming into this game i know we've had some situations like in the nba in the past where coming out of of a lockout people didn't quite understand what the impact was going to be on scoring there and so people were able to make some hay in that regard do you have any any theory or are you seeing anything in the lines that look like there may be something priced into it in that regard you know, I, it seems to me like lines are are fairly normal in terms of what I would expect. And honestly, so are the spread numbers. It does not look like the betting markets have really uh, aggressively shifted in any direction in terms of, oh, we think COVID has this effect or whatever. Right. Um, you know, this is this is a, 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 you know, obviously a high line, but I think it's a high line because these are, you know, two quarterbacks that can make really great plays. Right. Not because uh covid you know i i think that it's very i can imagine worlds where covid is causing offenses to benefit relative to defenses i can see the reverse world too uh, you know because you know folks like us are not you know sitting in in team you know training camps and sitting in there and seeing you know how this is talking to them and seeing how this is affecting them i think it's just very hard to judge what's actually going to come out of it. So at least in the early part of the season, I think I'm mostly just trying to stay away from totals and kind of watch what happens a little bit. And then, you know, built into the to the side on here, I probably should have discussed this before, you know, the, the dominant discussion is going to be what's the effect or lack of effect without there being a home crowd there. Now, you mentioned how the market is pricing similar to what you've expected. I think most people are surprised that there doesn't that they haven't discounted that home field advantage more than they have. Do you are you what are you seeing generally there and then specific to this game? Yeah, uh, I think that the the market generally is is sort of keeping home field advantage priced where it normally would be if COVID were not a thing, but. Uh, since it since it obviously is and and most games are going to be played with no fans this game is looking like uh, they, i believe they said it was like 22 percent fans in kansas city but of their relative to their normal capacity um you know and and that should decrease the home field advantage um that you know the chiefs would normally have that said i you know i think that there's probably a little bit more the, i think the discount is smaller for the teams that do have a partial fans right because you know the theory behind this is most of that is um game officials sort of you know hearing the crowd and being kind of you know the crowd sort of going oh is it close like did did, did he extend it over the first down line i i don't really know right and kind of leaning toward the toward the home team and you know and so if those are the kinds of 
calls that we're making if there's no crowd it's going to be harder to be influenced right but if there's at least a little crowd you're assuming that there's going to be some influence so you know i think that that's probably not sort of full home field advantage but i don't think that it's as prevalent in this particular game because there are some fans in kansas city yeah and, and as you mentioned that number has moved a little bit here Although I guess it's it's kind of a wait and see, like a lot of these things that we're going to end up finding out a lot more after week one than than what we knew beforehand. Um, now I want to dive into the player props for this matchup. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we have a new player props tool this year. The tool is a combination of the fantasy projections that we have so the fantasy projections just to give a quick overview i don't want to get too much into the nuts and bolts of it but basically there's a share projection that we're doing for all the different players which is more of a, a manual projection then we have a lot of modeling that goes on that figures out based upon you know pace of play based upon the the, the total and the spread based upon the strengths of the teams but due to individual players for their grades and whatnot and it's and it's using it's turning those shares into volume and into uh, efficiency into an actual number at the end and then we're comparing that number to the line and then also looking at a distribution of outcomes there so i know that you've had a chance to peruse some of the stuff we have on the player props tool is there anything that jumped out to you as either you know surprised to see it as a value or something that that you surprised that it was actually we were pretty in line with what the market is um, I mean, the the number one thing that jumps out to me looking at this is that uh, most of the value is on unders, which I would expect, right? Like most of the time, it's the same thing that you see in, in you know, betting win totals, right? Where it's like, hey, if there's 256 games in the season, but if you add up all everybody each team's win total it's over 256 so clearly right there's an over bias and you know generally people like to root for things to happen rather than things not to happen right so there does tend to be a, a, a bit of a bias toward the overs um and therefore creating value on the unders um and yeah most of the value that we see here i especially love it when you get positive juice like um you know, you look at this, uh, you know, it's a Deshaun Watson past TDs right here. That's, you know, uh, line is one and a half and the over is minus 150 and the under is plus 105. And it's kind of like, whoa, we just talked about a total of 54 and a half. Is that really makes sense? But, you know, the kind of the the mental math pulling back from that is like okay if the spread's nine and the total's 54 and a half right so you subtract the the nine from the 54 you'll get uh 45 you divide that in half so you know that's about how many points you expect the texas to score that gets you to about 22 and a half so you're thinking three touchdowns probably and then you know then one and a half makes sense right because you figure 50 50 on whether it's a you know a rushing touchdown or a passing touchdown potentially you know it obviously depends a lot on the individual team and that's i'm sure baked into this tool but you know that kind of quick back of the napkin math will sort of oh okay yeah you know this this makes sense to me i get this now and you know getting uh, getting value positively is is a great i think right plus 105 you know you know if, if these are even right you're going to be paying like minus 120s usually for for props they don't give you they usually take a bit of a higher vig on that relative to something like a spread bet and uh you know that 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 jumps out to me and there's a couple other there's like will fuller um uh the under there has really good value on uh you know under four and a half receptions 
um you know that that the tool really likes that one a lot um the, 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 that looks exciting to me um you know and, and especially if people are gonna you know think oh hey with you know deandre hopkins being out right being traded will fuller is you know probably going to be the the guy getting a lot of the targets and and you know people probably overestimate that kind of effect and so it can create value on the unders when the perception is off yeah, what what I really love about the tool is that not only does it align our um, projections, you know, you have that right up against what um, what the lines are here, but it also has built into it a distribution of outcomes. So, you know, very often if you're comparing, let's say, let's say for Will Fuller, um, if you're comparing his his line at four and a half. You know, even if you had let's uh, around four and a half for the for the projection, most likely that includes more on the lower side than on the upper side because you're going to have these these you know outlier kind of tail outcomes going out to the right where you're getting ten receptions where you're getting twelve receptions sometimes. Um, so you're the, so you're combining those sorts of outcomes which are going to skew your your average higher with things that may happen more often to bring to bring the distribution down where there's only one or two catches something that brings it down there. So it, we really you know place all that together for you, which enables you to compare that directly to the line rather than just saying you. Know, you know, my projection is X versus what the line may be. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the times if you're just doing the projection, right, rather than a distribution, you're going to find that you're ending up kind of right at the line, right? Or, you know, within like a, a point or half a point of the line, if your projections are good. And then it's sort of like, this doesn't help me understand what to bet. Right. Um, and, but, you know, when you see the distribution, like you're saying, right, it really it sort of changes the shape of these. And then you're when you're comparing that to, you know, what are the odds like that fuller thing? It's, you know, minus 160 on the over, but plus 110 on the under and plus 110 is great value. Now we're going to uh, pivot to something that's kind of a little bit similar here, but it's really the, some of the specialty of what I've been working on. Um, last year and this and this year in this offseason, that is showdown contest. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's a single game contest at DraftKings. Um, they're getting pretty big now. This one for for the biggest contest that DraftKings has for this kickoff Thursday matchup is three million in total prize, one million to first. You pick six options, include you can include in those options kickers and defense, and you need to have at least one of each team. But other than that, it's wide open for who you can choose. And the the big wrinkle here is this captain option where you're choosing one player you're paying one and a half their normal salary but then you're getting one and a half times the production production that they have um, so I just wanted to dig through really quickly some of the options here and I'm, I'm gonna get a little feedback from you Lee to see how you feel about where where my projections are coming up because I'm I'm simulating this coming up with some optimal allocations and I'm also comparing it to the ownership um, so yeah, awesome. so so let, let me let me hit you with some of these. So it's funny that you mentioned Fuller because there are a couple of plays that have come up as being uh, a positive leverage on the Texans receiving core, but it's not Will Fuller simply for the fact that uh, the projections think that he's going to be overown some of the hype that we're talking about here. Now there's been injury injury news here, so we'll have to see what ends up happening before kickoff. But Brandon Cooks has it has it being as a value it here like almost as high of a chance as Will Fuller of getting one of those top end scoring outcomes, but at only about two thirds of the the ownership there. How do you see this this wide receiver core filling out? And, and I mean, do you think Cooks can kind of be like a one B to Fuller's one A, or should there be more of a separation? As I'm expecting, um, you know, fantasy players will view them as being separated more than that. 
Um, you know, I, I think that's it. I, I think that clearly, you know, we talked just talked about his under for receptions, right? I do think that it's it's probably true that people are, you know, overestimating the gap, right? They're just going to assume, hey, like, you know, everything's going to go to Fuller because, you know, that's who that's who everyone knew, right? As the as the Texans wide receivers were Hopkins and Fuller and Hopkins is gone. So, you know, now they just view it as, you know, this is a, you know, a, a, almost one wide receiver team. But yeah, no, I think people, uh, you know, overestimate to what extent that sort of dominance actually has and on games and what 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 wide distributions exist in terms of you know you never know how, how the defense is going to scheme how the offense is going to line up and 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 you know who they're going to actually end up targeting more in that game yeah and then w- probably the trickiest player i think in this slate is daryl williams now he has been anointed as being the I don't even want to say the backup, but there's there's talk about him at least early in the season really splitting at least the 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 rushing attempts with Clyde Edwards Hilaire early on. He's extremely cheap. He's you know when this was priced, he was seen as being a third, a tertiary, maybe a fourth option here. Um, he's he's one of the but then I just don't know if you can trust him in this sort of situation. But then can you trust a rookie at the same at the same point in time? Do you have any feelings, Lee, about coming into a season, you know, especially the season where we don't have preseason as far as how you can look at something that's just a total muddled thing like a backfield like this? Yeah, I, we, we just really don't know. Right. Like, like, I mean, you know, obviously it, it seemed the you know, sort of the, the sense of the market. Right. Is that, you know, Edward Teller is going to be getting the bulk of the of the backfield action from uh, from Kansas City. But you know, we, we, we just don't know, right? Is he going to be the, the, the player that they're going to be using in, in, you know, the spot? What, what How are they going to use him? Are they, is he just the full-time back? Are they going to use him on third downs? Are they going to use him, you know, to, to you know, sweep out on pass plays as a, you know, extra target for Mahomes? And up? We, we just don't know. And until we, you know, see action, I think it, it's it, it it's hard it's hard to guess. But you know, I like I, I'm not I don't know exactly the the how you're projecting him. But you know, my my instinct is sort of as people gravitate toward extremes and the market tries to gravitate toward extremes, I tend to you know try to be a little bit more modest. Yeah, you know, it's funny because we if you're looking that that the one signal that we have on here is that Edwards Hilaire his. His prop for rushing yards is is 51 and a half. I have it right a little bit, a tick under 50. Now I have the split between the two of them being roughly close to 50% of total carries for the entire team for Edwards Hilaire, and then about a little bit, a tick over 30 for for Darrell Williams and the rest of it filtering out to other players. So it'll be interesting to see how those two guys go together. But one piece of value that I'm also seeing there for Shonen, which people may not think about, is the fact is if you're going to have a split like this, that you could get the receptions in this PPR format for Edwards Hilaire. You could maybe get a couple touchdowns with Darrell Williams. They could both be on your winning lineup. And when you do that, you're creating a more unique lineup that's less likely to get weighed down by, by distincts there. So I think that may be the way that we that you want to ultimately end up playing this. That's well, interesting. Lee, how, how do you, I was just ahead. curious if you don't mind my asking. How do you... Um... How do you, you know, when you're thinking about that, it's sort of like trying to sort of cover both running backs or sort of the top two wide receivers for a team versus, you know, trying to diversify a little bit. And so, like, you might have, you know, lower lows or higher highs, depending on how the game goes. What's the what's the strategy into that? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is 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 thinking a game theory and kind of building a story around how you think a game is going to go. Like I said, you want to be a distinct lineup because there's so many different lineups in there. You want to to be aware of what the correlations are, but you don't want to be too obvious about anything. I mean, everyone's going to know they're going to want to pair a pass catcher with a quarterback or something like that. Um, so everyone's going to have something like that, but then they won't necessarily think, hey, there are there is a scenario in this game like a, like the one that I mentioned with both running backs, where if one is getting a lot of receiving load and one it, it gets a couple of short touchdowns, something like that, they both could end up being in that same lineup. And that's going to cut down a lot because just not many people are going to think are, are going to think of doing that. But it is it is, you know, something that's within the realm of possibility. So I guess that would be it's more about building a story, um, picking out the correlations and also not wanting to to be too obvious in what you're doing to have so many people have duplicate lineups. All right, Lee. Well, I appreciate uh, you joining me for the, our first our first podcast here. We were lucky enough to get kickoff Thursday. Once again, for everyone, I want to say that if you're interested uh, in all the different tools that we're talking about here at PFF, you can find those, and you can also get a 30% discount with promo code KICKOFF30 right now. Otherwise, I want to wish everyone a happy NFL season. And again, we'll be coming at you on a daily basis here on PFF Daily Betting Podcast.